on the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Join the Bogeyman and Movember on Friday the 20th of May at Moy Valley Hotel and Golf Resort for the inaugural Bogeyman Open. This special day out includes golf on the Championship Golf Course, awards dinner, on-course whiskey tasting and live Bogeyman show. Get involved for your chance to win thousands of euros worth of prizes and you'll get to hang out with special guests including DP World Tour professional Cormac Charvin, Dublin footballing legend Paddy Andrews and actor and TV presenter Simon Delaney. The Bogeyman Golf Charity Day with Movember. Book now via the link below. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast hosted by Dave and Johnny. Today's episode, we're going to be joined by comedian Andrew Ryan. Andrew is the host of the Cork in the North podcast. We first met Andrew last year at the ISPS Hand of Media Day. Andrew's a golf fanatic. Um, Andrew is a golf fanatic. So we talk about how he got into golf, how he got into comedy, how he kind of first got into comedy through his job at a golf club and we talk about his new youtube golf channel calamity golf but before we get into that i just wanted to remind you that the bogeyman golf podcast is brought to you by quack golf there's a whole new range of golf gear out now on the quack golf website so guys go and visit quackgolf.com and use coupon code bogeyman at checkout you get 15 percent off their new gear is really really nice so go get involved and now without any further ado here's andrew ryan now, guys, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Andrew Ryan, the uh, comedian and host of the Cork in the North podcast. Uh, Andrew, we met each other first at the ISPS Handa Media Day last year. How have you been keeping since then? Yeah, good, man. Um, yeah, so I live in the North, you see. Uh, so I'm, I'm up here all the time. I played the Media Day, uh, which was good fun, actually. Uh, it was the first time playing the course, and um, I enjoyed it. And then I hosted... A, the bit of the dinner in the evening and I uh, went back then as well for the for the pro-am and I hosted it the evening as well oh, and good. yeah I was mad because on the front row of that gig there was Niall Horan, uh, Westlife were there, uh, Rory Best and Tony Abbott the former Prime Minister of Australia was sitting on the front row <laughs> <laughs> I walked up on stage and was like how's it going <laughs> yeah so Definitely uh, the most qualified person to command the stage in this oh room. Oh my god! I and I, I I didn't know what I was just I just I just you know I'm used to doing comedy and being in front of audiences, but that was just a bit like Westlife. I was like Jesus, you know I didn't know you know you just kind of get a little bit sort of wow okay like a few footballers. Keith Gillespie was there and stuff, so I was very nervous. Rory Stories was there as well, and he was I was sitting with him, and I said to Rory like I do you know a lot of gigs and. I'm a bit worried about this one, <laughs> you know. Like I was, just, I was just a bit anxious, and then um, you know, because they're not a comedy crowd. Do you know the kind of way? Like they're crowd and they're nice people, but they're not there to watch comedy. They're there to pick up golf prizes and have a din- dinner and schmooze and all that kind of stuff. So I went on, had a bit of crack, and uh, it was fine. Like it was a good seven out of ten, and I'll okay. take that as a win. But the golf that day, we played. Were you playing with that day? 
We played with a guy called John Catlin, the former Irish Open winner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we know John. We've had John on the podcast. Good yeah, friend. Yeah. John, yeah, so we teed off from the tent. And obviously he tees off. And then the three of us teed off. I shanked the drive right. But I'm still in play. And, you know, do you ever like play with a pro in a pro-am? And you don't really know whether to talk to them or not. Because mm-hmm. they're obviously the day before the tournament. So they're trying to get their game fixed and read the course and blah, 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 and speak to the caddy and come up with ideas and options. Um, we didn't really speak to him until the third tee box because the, the pro tees and the white sticks were quite close to each other. And he was just like, uh, so what do you guys do? And we were all comedians. And as soon as we told him we were all comedians, he just totally changed. He was like, that's amazing. He was talking to us about Bill Burr. My, he's my favorite comic. And then he said he let us do some videos with him, so we were taking the Mickey out of him. So he'd, he'd hit a he'd he'd hit a drive down the fairway, and we'd slag him off. We're like, "Oh, we're on the 16th, and it's your it's the first good one of the day," you know. Like, and it got to the point where he was so chilled then because we weren't like I suppose sometimes with respect, you know, he could be playing with a lot of business people, hmm. whereas we were just I mean, we were walking around slagging each other off and. And we were heckling at one point, like <laughs> so. I think he quite liked the the crack with it, you know. Yeah. Obviously, we were very respectful to him as well. But um, me and Rory's stories, we were just kind of like just. His dad was there. Rory's dad was there, and we were just kind of like having a bit of a laugh, you know. So he, he kind of warmed to us a little bit, and then we've kept in contact afterwards um, on Instagram. Sent him a few messages when he's done well, uh, you know, because we're best pals now. Oh yeah, but no, like it was great. It was a great experience, you know. But these these professionals, you know, they play such a different game. They're in a different league. They see things and they can do things that you know. I am still struggling to even get there. You know, I just want to hit the ball straight. These these, these are putting shapes on, and oh god, it was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, no, what what they can do with the golf balls, um, very very impressive. But I also say that playing playing around in golf with. Uh, three comedians or a couple of comedians for, for the products for John Catlin's a breath of fresh air because like you're saying so often you're playing with like just businessmen or yeah. hedge fund managers or whatever it is you're like all right cool we can't really relate to that at all and oh yeah well, like, we were losing balls. we were losing balls we were shanking and uh, when I say I was shanking like I mean Rory's a very decent player you know I play off nine so you know I was coming in I probably I'd say tough course. I probably came in, I think, with about 30 points, you know, like, so, you know, I was playing to a probably 13 handicap really on the day because, you know, the course is set up. It's, it's a very difficult course, you know what I mean? So, um, but I think he he enjoyed it. And then his caddy as well, had great time for his caddy. His caddy was from Stoke on Trent in England. And John was telling me that in between tours and stuff, he lives in Stoke on Trent. And I used to live in Manchester. So I used to just, we just slag it off Stoke on Trent and, um, you know, whinging about the weather and travel and all that. And I think he just found it really, really good fun in terms of, oh, these guys are cool. And then we were doing videos with him. And then we, you know, we're, we're showing him videos of daft stuff. And he was just pissing himself laughing. So I think he enjoyed it, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I say, yeah, it's, it's, it's not your average round of golf there when you're, I think I think I think people think comedians and golf comedians are non-stop hilarious and golf. Like I take my golf very seriously. Yeah. You know, like 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 I like we have a comedian society and um, that we play in. And there at one point there was about 20 of us in it, and we would play four rounds a year, 
and it would it wouldn't it would be tough it would be a, there's a leaderboard and there's a whole lot and like this this it, it gets very serious yeah you know, people are out practicing the night before and uh, weeks before and the comics turn up and it gets a bit you know I was playing recently with John Robbins. Uh, he's a BBC Five Live presenter. He came over to visit me. He's got a YouTube channel called Bad Golf, and he, um, you know, he John's a, a very good golfer, but he's he's a big stickler for the etiquette, which is great. You know, like I like the et- etiquette in golf. But if you'd ask him, oh, what club did you hit there? He's like two shot penalty, coaching. You know, like he's he's, but he does it in a funny way. You know, so uh, he's a good laugh like that. Like, but. We take it very seriously. I take it very seriously. My ambition is to try and get to at least four handicap. In I'm ha- if I can get to four and then stay at four, yeah, that I'll, I'll stay there for the rest of my life. And then obviously as I get older, it'll creep back up to six, seven, eight, or something. You know. Yeah, I've got the same kind of ambition. If I can stick stick to four, play at that for a f- couple of years, and then just get older, fatter, and not as long off the tee, I'll be I'll be okay with my handicap just creeping up. Well, I think I think if I ever shot a sixty-nine, my work is done. Yeah, it's like it's like God, I've I've completed golf. I've <laughs> shot a sixty-nine. I've completed it. Every time I shoot less than eighty, I'm like emailing the PGA, going, "Any chance I can join?" <laughs> I see there's an open qualifying spot. Oh yeah, the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, I just fly over to America there and embarrass myself and my family. So, how did you get into golf? So when I was 14, 15, I got a job working in the bar in a golf club in a, my club in Cork, Monkstown Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And I got a job working there and I just I used to play a bit of pitch and putt when I was like 12 and 13. You know, like on summer holidays, you used to go to like Kerry. You know, these were the days now before you before you go to Portugal and cheap flights and all that, you know. So we used to go to like a place called Ballyhaig in Kerry and there's some pitch and putt courses around there. And obviously the parents are trying to fill your days. Yeah. Because your kids, you know, they're trying to give you stuff to do. There's no phones or iPads back then. So play a bit of pitch and putt and got a job in the golf club and, you know, started, had membership at the golf club. So I was going out playing. I played for about a year and a half, I think. Um, I wasn't particularly very good. Like there was guys my age who were like, say, 15, 16 years of age. And they were, you know, they were two handicap at 16 they've been playing since they're seven and the parents are drilled in the lessons and whereas i was more of a you know mix and match with the clubs you know i had a three five seven nine iron pitch and wedge and a putter you know i think that's at half a set and then i stopped playing when i was about 16 17 and i discovered alcohol and women and the usual things you do, you know, discos and all that. And, you know, I, you got to the point where I wasn't particularly very good at it. So I didn't see any point in investing in it because, you know, in my mindset, it was like, well, I'm not going to be a pro, so I need to find something else, you know. So I started playing snooker and pool. And I used to travel around Ireland in pool tournaments. I used to wear a waistcoat and stuff. And uh, I was ranked 92nd in Ireland at pool at one point. Okay, very good. And, I, and I'm, well, I think there was 95, 99 of us. What were you ranked in golf? Oh, thousands. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Very good. <laughs> I don't, I don't even think it registered to be honest with you. But uh, no, I was just, uh, I was, and then I, I didn't like the pool anymore. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I just got jobs and working and just lived a very normal nine to five life and didn't play golf I always watched it though I always was watching I got to a few Irish Opens and stuff but I just didn't play it and also as well it was very expensive 
and I wasn't obviously I left school and I wasn't earning massive money do you know what I mean and like so I didn't want to sort of spend the money and stuff and it wasn't until many years later I was back in I was living in England and I'd gone to a few British Opens here just as a bought a ticket on a Friday or something and I realized that being a comedian you know we've quite a bit of downtime especially Monday Tuesday Wednesdays in the daytime because you you know you work at night and I was like trying to fill the days as well you know you can write and work but there's only so much work and writing you can do and then went to the driving range a couple of times and bang hooked hooked so I've been proper back at it now a good six five six years so I got a handicap of 19 and I got it down to nine so I'm I'm getting coached properly as well you know that's the thing it's I'm learning this especially with YouTube now I'm, I go to a guy and I'm always working on stuff you know and so this year I'm really focusing on the short game a lot more and just trying to get that up and downs you know I'm losing so many shots in and around the greens you know hitting a decent drive and then just my three puts like I, I still have a, an eight you know I've got an eight in me oh yeah and it just just want to get that eight to a seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's good progress. Yeah. I mean, if you can do that, you're, you're doing well. Um, what, but no, I'm hooked, completely hooked, obsessed. Golf's funny that way, isn't it? Like I always find if I don't play play golf for a few weeks or a few days where I go to a course, even just with, with work or just to, to film something or even go to an event, you're like, right, like I have to, I have to go play this evening. I have to go to the driving range or something like, because like, look at how much fun they're having yeah whereas i don't i don't find i have that same um grow if i go to like a rugby match or a football match i've never like gotta go and play like a, a tag tournament whereas you play you watch around in golf i'm like i need to go out and do this yeah oh i live um right next to hollywood golf course which is rory McIlroy's course mm-hmm. and i don't play it i don't go there I drive 20 minutes because I, I, I get a better fix up the road. <laughs> I play at a place called Clandy Boy, which oh, yeah. is a Euro Pro Tour course. Johnny Caldwell's. Johnny Caldwell, yeah. Yeah, I met him up there recently. And um, there's two courses, brilliant practice facilities. Really, like, you, you can always get a tea time because there's two courses. And beautiful scenery overlooking the sea. You can see Scotland as well from one of the colds, you know, on a clear day. Okay. Beautiful course, like just brilliant course and i just nip up there and i get my fix and i have a little nine hole course here overlooking the sea called helen's bay and that's a uh, it's 14 pound for nine holes and the guy running it's from galway <laughs> so i walk in and he's like andrew I'm like how's it going he says come on i'll get you out and he gets me out if i want a quick nine and it's not a long course as well so some holes you're hitting the tree wood off you're hitting a tree wood in a wedge if you hit it straight but so if you just want that hour and a half fix, you know, just on a, because the thing is, it's bright here till nearly 10 o'clock at night now because we're so far north. Mm. Therefore, you, you know, you can go to half seven on a Tuesday night and be in for quarter past nine and you get that nine holes. It's like, like some sort of drug, you, need yeah. kick, you know, and then there's a couple of ranges near me. So I'm always, there's always a place to go out, but I understand the need to get the fix. You know, I'm off on holiday in June, going to America for a week. And I actually, after I booked going to America for a week, I was like, June is peak golf time. <laughs> should I should I not go to America in like November? <laughs> <laughs> or can I at least in my head, I was like, that's a week out of June that I can't play golf. Yeah. 
So, you know, but no, I'm very excited about going to America. I'd probably find a golf range out there. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. Every time I, the plane's coming into land in any city, I go, oh, there's a golf course. Yeah, there's a golf course. I just need to go and have a look. I just yeah. need to have a look. No. So you you mentioned earlier on that you're you're a comedian. How did you get into into comedy? And like, was that something that when you're it happened or you found a love of when you're around like fourteen, fifteen, same time you got into yeah. to monk sound? So like, was, well, was, I re- was that a good practice ground for getting into comedy? Having well, do you, first of all, working in a bar in a golf club and dealing with members is a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, and some members. Um, how so? Like, one thing I love about golf is, you know, especially being a comedian, I can play it on my own. I can play it at six o'clock in the morning on a Monday. I don't need to rely on anybody. I'm not part of a team. I'm in control of it. If I go away for three days, I'm working in Dublin for three nights and say I'm staying down there, I can put the clubs in the back of the car and I can find a range. And I love, I love that I can travel with golf. So, you know, I'm going to Cork now next week to see the family. Clubs are coming, playing golf, seeing my mates, playing around. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't impact, you know, all my brothers and sisters are at work on a Monday at nine to five, you know. Yeah. So kids are at school. I can nip out, do, you know, three hours. But there's part of the etiquette of the game that annoy me. There's a bit of snobbiness still. There's a snobbiness in golf now. And... Uh, it, it, it kind of bugs me. I'll give you an example. We were playing the golf course and we were on a team, me and a friend, and these guys arrived in a buggy, didn't say hello. Excuse me, are you members? You know? And I was like, well, it's none of your business whether we're members or not. We're like, we're, who, are, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, are you the course marshal? Do you, why, why do you need to know if we're members or not? Like, are you a member? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like people you don't own the course you know what i mean visitors are allowed and stuff like that you know and it's just a bit like there's just things that annoy me about certain type of members and, and stuff like that like i mean golf clubs had a big resurgence in the pandemic in terms of people joining and finding activities and i do feel it needs to kind of come some clubs need to come a little bit forward in terms of um be a little bit more relaxed you know i understand dress codes and I get all that you know I, I'd never wear jeans anyway into a golf club and um, I brought a friend of mine to a golf club in England and we both spent I'd say the bones of 60 pounds that day and you know we breakfast before the round tea time bottles of water finished the round came in had lunch so say 60 quid each roughly we walked in my friend had a under armor golf hat on just walked into it and straight away they jumped up and said, take the hat off. And we were like, okay, like, you know, you're not looking at, you know, someone that's spending 120 quid in your club or looking at two potential members of that club. Mm. You're just looking, you see the hat. I mean, there's, there's nobody in the bar, you know, like just as you're serving, you just go, sorry, mate, can you just take the hat off? Yeah. It's the way people speak to them. And it's these people that have been members for 25, 30 years to kind of feel they own it, you know, and I just kind of think like golf is moving forward, you know, especially with YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and people are putting stuff up online more and golf is becoming more accessible to younger people and the rise of the women's game and all this. And so you can scroll through Instagram and TikTok and see funny golf shots and daft stuff that they do. And people are actually going out to driving ranges now and getting And I'm just worried that these 23, 24 year olds that want to join a club and they go in and you have like these old dinosaurs that are 
you're not wearing the right socks. It's like, and the cost of living and how are these people going to pay for it? And, you know, my golf bag is about two grand. In my golf the clubs, everyone, anyone that plays golf knows, foot joy, trainer, shoes, 90, 120 quid. And you're like, if you're somebody that's out there with a housing crisis, a fuel crisis, and they want to join a club and you're kicking off at them about the socks, they're not going to be like, I'm not going there. You know, so I do think that kind of annoys me. And I remember when I was working in a bar in Monkstown, like every single member there that I remember was so much fun. Like it was a good vibe in the club, good crack. Um, really, really, there was obviously you get your usual twats, you know, as you get, as you get in any club. Um, and I used to, I kind of learned how to kind of deal with the snobbiness sometimes, you know, um, and... I think that carried me really well when I started doing comedy. I wasn't like afraid to, you know, people would come in and if they were a past captain, they'd want to be served first. I'm like, you're past me. You're gone. <laughs> you know what I mean, you're in the past, pal. You're a civilian now. You're a member of the public. Like, I'll serve you when you're when it's your turn to be served, you know? Like, there's just that element of, I used to be a captain. I said, oh, no one gives a shit. <laughs> You're a captain. So what? Like, what do you do? Like, you turn up at events and hand over trophies and then you send out an email and then you're like a representative of the club. Like, I get it. Well done. Have you not got anything else in your life to do? Like, I mean, it, you know, it just stuff like the stuff like that, the hierarchy, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the parking spaces for the the fifth in command secretary. Are you that, are you that important? Are you that important that you have to have your own parking space? Like, come on. You know, they see there's parking spaces in golf clubs now for fecking everybody. Yeah. Then vice captain is there a ladies captain now anymore, or does the ladies and the captain are they become one? See, I think they I think it says ladies captain as well. At least my yeah. So there's you got you got men you got captain vice captain, lady captain lady vice captain president secretary honorary secretary treasurer chairman. Okay, the guy that sweep the leaves up he probably has his own parking space. Then you've got like professional assistant professional there's more bloody parking spaces for those people and there is disables and tesco's like you know what i mean i'm like do these and they're never full they're never always there at the same time no. so i'm thinking like do we need to give all these people parking spaces so things like that annoy me like i give give the cap i'd love to get a captain's parking space just parking it just annoy him <laughs> <laughs> no i i like i am very respectful of the game and the etiquette, especially the etiquette on the course and stuff. But I just think it needs to be a little bit more appealing to uh, people in terms of, you know, the, the old school sort of stuff, you know, like I'm not saying people need to turn up playing with their phones all the time and wearing jeans and T-shirts and oh, yeah. not wearing the right gear on, on, on the course. I just feel golf should be a little bit more sort of engaging with younger people and especially the cost of it, something needs to be done with cost. I think if clubs can help out new members, I came up with this idea where if you're under the age of, say, 25 and you want to join a course, you're like a new starter. I think like the club should try and give you a set of clubs for like 75 to 80% off. You know, like give you some, give you like a, a beginner's sort of voucher, you know, because, you know, if that person is a member of that club for 20 years, just imagine the amount of money that's going to be going back into that club. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, during the, uh, the COVID, everyone got like, you know, furlough money. Every, you know, give give new younger people a little bit of uh, furlough money to get them started in the game because of the cost of it, you know. So not saying you have to give them all 
but you know, like any secondhand clubs going and stuff like that, you know, just like help people get involved in it, you know, because it it, it kind of needs a, you know, I've, I I play in some courses like the average age is like forty eight to fifty two. Yeah. Where are the twenty two year olds? Where are the, where are the nineteen year olds? So. Yeah. I I noticed that for, for sure. Like I'm I'm twenty nine and you you rock up on the competition day and you don't you don't really see people your own age in a lot of clubs. Yeah. Um, but you're just like, well, where is it for? Like, I talk to loads of guys. I know loads of people my age are into golf. And you're like, well, where are they all? Even what you're talking about, like, with making golf more affordable people, if it was just a case of clubs giving, like, pro shop vouchers for younger kids who are just starting off, because it doesn't cost a club then anything, yeah. but it's just a way of keeping that young person engaged and spending in the club and yeah. facilitate them spending money in the club. Because the the future of your club, it's a, it's a, it's a collective thing with the membership. The, you know, having a healthy membership, like everybody's paying into this pot, so that the course is looked after in the clubhouse. So, you know, there's going to be another generation of people coming up. So, and I just I just think that with the cost of it, and with the cost of living crisis, and people are under more pressure these days, I just think if there's a way that you can, kind of like keep people engaged while we're going through all these this crisis like for example one thing i'm doing over in clandy boy is we've got a comedy night on at the end of may i've never put a comedy night on in a golf club and i was a bit like listen i don't want these old dinosaurs like you know who'll be judging everything you do you know and you'll never be i'll never be able to show my face in the club again it's kind of like look comedy night like there's effing there's blinding there's swearing like this is a really modern show. So um, nearly sold out with a month ago. That's super. When's yeah, the, uh, what's yeah. the comedy night? Uh, the Candy Boy Golf Course comedy night. There's myself, Carl Spain, uh, Diona Doherty from Derry Girls, and also Mickey Bartlett. Um, so we're putting on a comedy. It's never been done before. They've sold 130-odd tickets or something. And they're getting comedy and curry and... Um, they've taken in, I think, maybe 80 new members in the last eight, since the start of the pandemic to now they've got like say 80, 90 new members. And it's kind of like, you know, a night for people to come together, you know, with your wife, your partner, your husband or whatever. It uh, never been done before. And also it's income for the club because this is a private separate function room that would just be empty. There's a bar there. Comedy is low cost, you know, in terms of all you need is chairs and a PA system and lighting. Yeah, and you know, you bit of advertising, and obviously, all the people in the golf club, the the manager has every single person's contact details on an email list. So you just send it out to them and say, "Look, three hundred members. We've only got one hundred and twenty tickets. That's sixty tickets plus your partners sold out." So, and obviously, you know, the ticket sales and the money on the bar all goes back into the club. You know, so it's and also members get to meet other members, and then but it's also good for the members to be like, Oh, I love being part of this club because they have comedy nights out. Yeah. So, me and the wife can me and the wife, or me and the husband, or the boyfriend, or girlfriend can go down there on a Saturday night, uh, hang out with guys we play and girls that we play golf with in the day, and we have a laugh in the evening. And it's you know, golf like it's a networking thing as well. You know, I've got I've got a guy that did my kitchen from another guy that was I played golf with, yeah. You know, I was like, I can't, I can't, I need a carpenter. Oh, my cousin's a carpenter. Look at next to you, you know, kitchen's done. You know what I mean? So, 
That's gas. Yeah, I think that's the great thing about, about like you see a few clubs kind of modernizing and taking on roles like that where the golf club is more than just the golf yeah. course, you know, and that that's great to see. That'll be good. That'll be a good night. That's a serious lineup. Yeah, like, it's a brilliant lineup. And I, you know, I was in a golf course re- well, my, my my the course that I'm a member of in England, uh, they have funerals. And I remember I walked in one day, there was a funeral and I went, is this a funeral because of my golf score today? Like, or what? Like, because yeah, everyone, we all died on the course today. I don't know what's going on in the function room, but like they have funerals, they have christenings, they have 21sts, they have 50ths. You know, you know, there's that secondary income that golf clubs can, can get, can, can gain from having extra function rooms. But also it's got to be appealing for people to go up there because, oh, we don't play golf, but we go up because the members are nice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And therefore, everybody has to work together for this. Because, you know, if the golf club's making money, there's more money going into the course. There's more money going into, you know, events. And it's only going to benefit your your enjoyment of the game. Yeah. Um, where, is, where is comedy taking you? So you've, you also mentioned that you're, you're over in the UK quite a bit. You have a, a club over there as well. Yeah. Do you, do you do a lot of got a golf functions that comedy? No, I don't do a lot of golf stuff, no, because I like very, I very rarely would do a golf show, a, golf, a gig in a golf club. Okay. Um, I do the odd one here and there. I don't want to be sort of known as, oh, Andrew's just golf a comedian, comedian. Like gigs and golf comedian. It's not like that at all. Before the pandemic, I was probably doing about 20 shows a month. Um, I was living in London, busy on tour. Um, you know, I just did the Everyman Palace in Cork, you know, 600 seats. Um, I booked it another one. I was filming the next one then for a special. And then I woke up one morning and I was like, you, what, what's, what's this? What's the, what's the, what's the pandemic? Six, oh, I'll be six weeks. Scrap. I wouldn't mind getting six weeks off anyway. Fast forward two years. During the pandemic, I got a job working in B&Q, stacking shelves. And... Uh, you know, I was writing comedy, doing zones, started a podcast, um, like everybody else's podcast, you know, and uh, they started going really well for me. The cork of the north, I can't believe the downloads. So my target was like 10,000 downloads for the year. I, we're now 2nd of May. Uh, I'll probably hit that next week, I think. That's super. So, and, you know, YouTube videos and clips, every video is getting roughly around 1,000. And this is without any marketing or promotions or PR. I, I'm a technophobe sometimes when I come. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to start something and then get used to it and then, you know, get into the rhythm of it rather than start something and expect big things straight away. Because, you know, it takes years to grow anything, especially online now with it being so saturated. Yeah. But in terms of the, the, the comedy is always my main focus. And it just so happens that I can play a bit of golf as well. So I've met like really nice people through golf that have led to comedy things. Like, um, you know, I was doing a gig in Manchester. I met a guy called Alex Bagley, who's the producer of Stratford Paddock, the Man United's YouTube channel, about 2 million subs. We came up with a golf idea called Calamity Golf, where we combine comedy and golf. And we put it online and it's the opposite of a lot of the stuff that's out there. It's basically we're swearing, we're arguing we're doing sit down chats we and we didn't have anything we approached golf tourism northern ireland and said hi guys uh, you know me i live in the north and i've done a few events for you do you want to help us give us some money <laughs> and they were uh, and they backed us and we came over and we filmed at gal gorham castle rock and clandy boy 
And it was because we went to Candy Boy that I got to know the people at Candy Boy. And now I play and do comedy nights at Candy Boy. That's super. So do you see how the link, so comedy in, I was doing a show in Manchester, met a friend of mine in the pub and he was there with a mate. Fast forward six months, we now have a YouTube golf channel called Calamity Golf, where we're going to do a season on season. So it's not like we're putting out content every week or every two weeks. This is, we meet up, blitz it for three days. We release six episodes. We wait six weeks. We blitz it for three days. We wait six weeks. And, you know, because you know the way people are like, oh, we need content every day. And I'm like, well, I don't feel I need content every day from somebody. And so far, you know, the numbers have been good. And we've got a few more ideas. We've had pro professional golfer Sophie Powell on, chat to her. Um, but it's not only that, though. We've chatted to her and, like, uh, we've said, like, you know, let's play a match soon. And then she's coming over to Northern Ireland for the ISPS. And I was like, look, if you need any help when you're over, give me a shout. I said, look, I'm, I'd love to caddy for you. Yeah. You know? My friend Jack Clark, he's a caddy in the in America in the PGA Ladies Tour. LPGA, his girlfriend is Madeleine Sagstorm, the um, solemn cup player from Sweden. So he's told me that we'll be able to do work with her um, and maybe caddy, ca- I'd be able to caddy for her for a hole and deliberately give her all the wrong yardage. That's basically the, the aim is that like we call, we basically have an argument, right? Sure, yeah. Because she's Swedish, I was like, came up with ideas about bringing out little Allen keys and stuff like that, like and furniture and stuff like that. And say, look, after you've hit the shot, can you put together the sofa? <laughs> you know, like, just like, we're coming up with like wacky ideas. What can you do that's like a little bit different? So comedy has led me to people that has, helped my comedy and helped me try and create something within the game of golf that it's kind of like comedy and golf together, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's very new and it takes a long time to create and build and get it right. You know, what's the angle? Like what's the, our angle is, is that there's two presenters and we both kind of dislike each other. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like we dislike each other on screen. Sure. Of course. And, and, when we interview a guest, we spend the start of interview the guest just still slagging off the other guy. And so it's kind of like, but we haven't, we, we're, we're still figuring it out, you know? It's like, it's like putting toast, bread in the toaster. You just don't know which number you're on yet. Yeah. How toasty you want it. Yeah. How yeah, exactly. So, so we, we're doing, the, we're doing another bit of filming soon. Uh, obviously with the summer coming as well. So, you know, we'll just see, we'll just see what happens. Like, but, Comedy has led me to golf and golf has led me to comedy. Everything intertwines because at the end of the day, it all comes down to just people, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you know, dealing with people and how you deal with people and how you get on with people. I, I, I got invited to host a charity night at a golf club in Surrey in England in July. I did a show there before. It just so happened that there was a comedy club on separate from the club in the venue. And they asked me and I was up on stage spent five minutes talking about my into out and my smash factor and uh, uh, about all, the, you know, all about this kind of stuff. And they said, do you want to come back and host? So then you get a bit of work off the back of that. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to be doing that all the time because like, I want to, I want to, my, I have my own audience that I'm growing through just comedy, do you know? Yeah. And um, so where are you going to be filming the next kind of season of Calamity Golf? We're looking at potentially doing uh, Manchester. Because the channel is based in Manchester, and uh, so I'd fly over. I used to fly over nearly every week. We do one studio day. We might do some challenges out in the course, or we play with some pros. Um, we're looking at doing a lot more with golf tourism. Li up here, um, 
especially with the summer with uh, the Euro Pro Tour at Clandiboy and also with the ISPS handle, there might be some scope for us to do something there. I don't really know yet, you know. Um, we would like to do, we have this idea where like, we, we'd like to go to Turkey for a week. So we ring up the Turkey Golf Tourist Board and be like, hey, we've got a combined, uh, I've got like 25,000 followers in total. Alex's channel that he can do a community share is 2 million. Do you guys, uh, do you want us to come and wreck your courses? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll film it. So I don't know, like some people say no, you know, which, but like everywhere we go, like, you know, we, you know, we, we'll always, always happy to pay our green fees and stuff like that. You know, like we're not looking for freebies or anything like, you know, we pay our way as well. So we just want time on the course, you know, and maybe a little bit of a gap where we can just do a little bit of filming on the course where we can like, do a lesson or Alex, the producer used to be in, used to be, well, he's a scratch golfer, but I call, I say he's a pro and he's like, I'm not a pro. And we constantly have this battle with him being a pro. He was in college in America playing golf. So he came back and didn't, he didn't make it. Uh, I keep reminding him that he didn't make it. <laughs> so we have a bit of crack with that, you know? So, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, it's very new. And the first time we filmed it, we really underestimated the work. Mm. It's like when I think we really underestimated the work because we had to, we flew over a camera the camera crew to film. Oh wow! And we had to hire an editor, and that took him two days. You know, we're, we're, you know, the editor has to be paid, the camera guy has to be paid, the flights have to be paid. So you know, we were a bit like, oh god, hope this works out. But we were very happy with it. But it will get better. Like, you know, like it's like, yeah, any, yeah, of course, it's like, it's like golf itself. The more you practice it, the yeah, like it'll get better over time, you know? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the because we have on, on the bogeyman, we have a number of YouTube series channel series out in our channel. So we've got battle golf, which is where Dave or I take on professional or elite amateur golfer in a nine hole match. Wow. But there's a twist on that as well, which is if you go one down after a hole, whoever wins the hole can take a club from your bag and you can't touch that club for the rest of the match. So very like instantly your driver or your putter is gone. And so you're, you have to just manufacture how you put with a wedge or with a wood or whatever it is, or you're playing against, I played against Paul McBride and you're hitting, playing in par five and you've got like the longest club in your bags, like a four iron. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We should have a game, Calamity Golf versus Bogeyman, because you, what, your buddy, he's a plus two. Alex is a scratch golfer. You're off six. Is it six? six yeah. And I'm off nine. So it could be us versus you over 18 holes. So what we'd have is Alex is English. So Alex, I'm from Cork, so I'm better than everybody anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what Cork people are like. that one. <laughs> uh, so Alex, so we could have people based in England or the UK slash Northern Ireland, slash Northern Ireland, slash all of Ireland, slash I'm not getting bothered any of that, uh, versus you guys. We'll meet up somewhere down by Dublin and just have a day's match and a day's, day's full of challenges, you know? Yeah, it'd be great fun. Yeah, and then at the end of it, just finish it off with a fight. <laughs> <laughs> just a good old-fashioned rumble at the end. I think we should just like, have, a game where, have a game where it would be like, we play around the golfers, you play my clubs, I play your clubs or something. Ooh. and uh, do something like that. But then if one of you is a left-hander, it's a disaster, isn't it? Man? Thankfully, neither of us are, but yeah, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a disaster. Yeah, it's crazy. Very good. Um, listen, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was, great well, it was all right, man. Just nice, nice to uh, chat to you. And, yeah, we'll uh, get that game in golf. Well, listen, yeah, this summer, we'll, we'll, we'll sort something out. We'll have a game, we'll get it filmed, and we'll have a bit of crack with it, you know? 
and uh, yeah, definitely do it. Thanks for having me on. And if anyone feel like want to watch my podcast called Cork in the North, it's on Spotify and YouTube and all the usual places. But uh, that's it, yeah. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. 